Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians, the third chapter. And I want to talk to you today about looking unto Jesus. It's a good place to focus at right now. Amen. It's always been a good place. He's always been a good one to focus on. But we need to be reminded from time to time that we have a Savior. Hallelujah. And we got a Redeemer, praise God. And don't be looking to the government to fix things, but look to the Lord Jesus Christ to fix things. Amen. You know, I, I haven't, I'm trying to think of something the government's fixed in my lifetime. Let's see, our military's fixed things. Thank God for them. Uh, you know, our police have fixed things. But I'm trying to think of something that our politicians have fixed. And uh, I'm having a real hard time. But I certainly don't have a hard time thinking of things that Jesus has fixed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I think I'll look to Him. Amen? So in the Bible, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18... I'm reading out of the old King James, not because I think it's, you know, it's, 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 it's you know, the, the, the best translation. I don't know. You know, I, I like the New King James, I like the Amplified Bible. But, you know, this is what I grew up on spiritually, and so that's what I think. And so if I like it, you're just stuck with it. Yeah. Come on. Amen. But it's pretty close. Amen. Yeah, to, to, to the New King James. Look at verse 18. It says, but we all, Paul was a good southern boy, wasn't he? We all. With open face or unveiled face, or there's no veil. See, he's been talking about how Moses had a veil over his face, so the glory could, they couldn't see the glory of the old covenant. But then he's talking about how much more glorious this new covenant is. He says, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass or a mirror, the glory of the Lord were changed. Everybody say changed. Change. Say transformed. Transform. Into the same image. See, we're transformed into the image that we're looking at when we look into the New Covenant. When we look into the New Covenant, what happens is change starts to take place. We're changed from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Let me know when you look into the New Covenant, when you look into the Word, you're actually looking unto Jesus. Because He is the Word. Amen. And, you know, I, um, I think back to, to my life when I got born again, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ back way back in 1981. Um, I look back and I think about how my life was radically changed. How, and how quickly... It began to change because I began to look into the new covenant or into the word. Actually, I was looking unto Jesus. Now, not just through reading it, yes, but also through reading good faith-filled books that were based on the word. And in those days, we had something called a cassette tape. It was a plastic device that you stuck in a slot and it played. Amen. And we, I would listen to those. And I, I was just thinking about this. I was thinking, you know, on one weekend, I was so drunk, I was so messed up 
that I couldn't hardly walk and I had to crawl up the steps. That was, that was on one weekend. I got saved, that was on a Friday night, I got saved on Sunday night. So I walked up those same steps, a new creature in Christ Jesus. Once I crawled up Friday, I walked up Sunday with my head held high. Hallelujah. And I'm thinking by the next weekend, I had already learned about some things about who I was in Christ. I was already excited about the word and finding out who I was. Nobody had to push me. I just had a hunger for it. Hallelujah. You know, I was 21 years old in 1981. That tells you how old I am. I was 21 years old in 1981. And when I got saved, I was 21 years old. And I just remember, you know, I, I, I guess I was odd because I wasn't like looking around for young people my age to, to fellowship with. Now, I did have some. Don't misunderstand me. But that's not what I was looking for. I, would, I actually would hang out with people that were 25, 30, 40 years older than I am because they knew something about God and His Word. Hallelujah. I, I remember, you know, uh, at lunchtime from work, I worked in town, and uh, I remember at lunchtime uh, in our town at that time, there was a... Uh, family that came to our church that owned a Bible bookstore, a Christian Bible bookstore. And so I would get, you know, at lunch, I would walk up there. And I mean, we're talking about a lady and her husband. Uh, you know, to me, they were, they were old people and they're probably younger than I am now. But anyway, your, percep your perceptive begins to change on what old is as you get older. And so you begin to change. But I look back and I think, you know, because I remember there was one lady in church and I thought she was an old woman and she kind of treated me as a son. There's my mom right there. I, that's I'm her son. But spiritually, you know, she kind of treated me as a as a son. Mom will remember uh, Norma Jean. And, uh, you know, she kind of prayed for me and kind of looked after me. And I thought, man, it is a sweet old lady. And I got to thinking about it one day, and I got to thinking, you know what? She was in her 50s. I'm older than that now. <laughs> this sweet old lady wasn't so old after all. And, uh, but my desire was to behold the glory, to look into the new covenant and, and do what Paul said here, to behold it. And I think what I see a lot of times it happens with believers today that, that it's really easy to get off in this if you don't think about it. I've done it myself. Is we try to live off memory. What we know, this book says, instead of continuing to behold what this book says. See, we're changed as we behold the glory. As we're looking in the what? The mirror of the word. This is what changes us. And sometimes maybe we're trying to receive healing from the Lord and we know what the Bible promises, but it's not working. And I think a lot of times it's because we're trying to do it off memory instead of actually looking in there every day and beholding. And, and what did Paul say? He said, as we behold in a glass the glory of the Lord, we're changed. I said, we're changed. 
What do we change from? Glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. In other words, as we look into this book, the Spirit of the Lord gets into it with us. And He begins to show us things. And He begins to change us. And we go from glory to glory. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm still excited about the Word of God. Amen. And, um, you know, I, I was, I actually, I preached a message here. I was preached at first at another church about the wisdom of the Word and why we have, we have such a wisdom def, deficiency in our, our, our society today. There really is. I mean, it's just amazing how, how much a lack of wisdom there is. And, you know, it all comes back from the fact that when we let go of God's Word, we let go of wisdom. This is where wisdom comes from. Amen. Now, all right, so I, I, I'm not going to preach long this morning, but, I, but what I'm sharing, you've you got to get a hold of this. You can't just go on memory. You've got to behold the glory. What is it that you need from God? It's in this book. Behold it and let it change you. Amen. Don't just go by memory. I've told you this story over and over again. Matter of fact, I think I told it Wednesday, but I'm going to tell it again because some people may not have heard it and you need to hear this. I went to pray for a lady one time in the hospital that had cancer. Now, I believe God's a healer. Thank you. I'm glad my wife does. If I need prayer this morning, she's praying for me. I believe God's a healer. Why do I believe that? Because the Bible tells me that he is. And so I went to pray for this lady, okay? And when I walk into her hospital room, I notice she has on her bedside table, she has a book on heaven. And the first thing I thought was, oh boy, this is a problem. Because here's what happens. What you behold, that's what you're changed into. Now what I mean by that was, look, this lady is dying of cancer, okay? She's a Christian. She, she knows God. But really, listen to me. If you're... If, if your course isn't through here on this earth, if you're not satisfied, it's not time for you to go to heaven. It's time for you to get healed. Amen. And I'm even tougher on it for myself than that. I'm not going to go to heaven sick. I'm going to go well. So if it is time for me to get, get, go to heaven, Lord, heal me, and then I'll go. Maybe you don't feel that way, but I just... If Jesus shed his blood for it, I'm going to fight for it. If I fail, at least I can go get into heaven saying, Lord, I tried. I failed. It wasn't your fault. Me, I know, you know. But listen to me. When I saw that book, I thought, man, this is a problem because here's what. If you read about heaven, what does it make you want to do? It makes you want to go there, right? Amen. Hallelujah. You say, well, I've never read about heaven. Well, listen, there's a travel brochure called the Book of Revelation. Why don't you read it sometime? It'll tell you all about the destination of heaven. Tell, well, not all about it, but it tells you about heaven. But anyway, when I saw that book, I thought, there's a, I have an issue here because I don't really think this woman's thinking about being healed. I think she's thinking about going to heaven. Because really, if you're fighting something like that that's going to take your life, there's nothing wrong with wanting to go to heaven. There's nothing wrong with reading about heaven. But if you want to be healed, you need to read about healing and let that glory, let that transform you into that very image. Hallelujah. And so I realized, you know, this woman's probably going to heaven because she's thinking about heaven. She's reading about heaven. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
There's nothing wrong with that. If that's what she wants, there's nothing wrong with that. But I, I, I wasn't there. I wasn't there to, to, to send her off to heaven. I was there to pray for her to get healed. Amen. And so what you behold, that's what you become. You know, they say, they say this. I hope, I don't think this is totally true. They say you are what you eat. I mean, man, as, as a teenager, I'd have been a bag of chips walking around. You know what I'm talking about? But anyway, but you know, there is truth to that, right? What you eat, you know, it manifests, right? I saw one guy on TV one time. He's one of these health food guys. You know, he's a, he's a, a, a good Christian brother, a doctor. And he has his own program on, T, on one of the TBN or one of the stations. And I'm turning it on, you know, and he is like, he's like pink. He's reddish pink, you know. He's got his son on there. And his son said, well, dad's been eating beets lately all the time. And so he was turned into a beet. But you know what? What you behold in the word, that's what you become. Amen. And so you, you have to look at it. You can't just go on memory. You got to look at it. You got to look at it. You got to keep looking at it. Why? Because as you're looking at it, the spirit of the Lord is doing something called change. And he's changing you into that image. And that's what happened to me when I got saved. When I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I came out of a lifestyle that wasn't good. But when I met Jesus Christ, I began looking at the glory. I began beholding the glory and I began to being changed into that very image. And I'm sure that happened to you when you got born again. If you beheld the glory, it changed you. Now, you know, you, like I said, you can behold the glory by reading it. You can behold the glory by hearing other people preach. You can behold the glory by reading good faith-filled books. But you've got to behold the glory if you want to be changed into the glory, from glory to glory. Amen. Now, Paul said this. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. I'm going to look at about four scriptures if we have time this morning. Romans chapter 12. Let's go there. Romans, the 12th chapter. Say, I'm being changed. Amen. You know, listen, you, you're, you, you can be changed to, to whatever the Bible says if you just behold it. If you just behold it. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 12, verse number 2. I know I read this verse a lot, but it's, it's one, of the, one of my verses from a ministry. Uh, the Bible says, verse 2, And be not conformed to this world or to this age, this present age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. How many, how many want to be in that? The good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Life doesn't get any sweeter than this. Hallelujah. The good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. But, but notice, he said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How many know when you're looking into the word, your mind's being renewed? You're looking unto Jesus, your mind is being renewed. And as your mind is being renewed, you're being transformed. Hallelujah. Now you have, now listen, to, now Paul, how I many know Paul's talking to Christians right here? And he's telling Christians, you've got two choices. You can be either be transformed or you can be conformed. Transformed or conformed. What I see, what I see happening in a lot of, a lot of believers, it's unfortunate, not with you, hopefully, but I see a lot of believers are being conformed instead of transformed. They're thinking more like the world instead of like the Word. 
Why is it? Because they're beholding the wrong thing. Amen. Now, let me, let me just say this to you. See, when, whenever you begin to conform to the world, whenever you begin to accept its values, whenever you do that, when, any, anytime you do that, you're being destructive to your Christian life. Because let me tell you who the God of this world is. Anybody know who the Bible says the God of this age is? It says Satan is the God of this age. Amen. So, listen now. Uh, uh, to be conformed to this age, you're being conformed to the, to the God of this age, who is the devil. Amen. This book will keep your mind renewed. This book will keep you transformed. Now, here's the thing about this. If you need a transformation in your life, you know what you need? You know what you need? You need your mind renewed. All transformation comes by the renewing of your mind. You got to think different about things. To be transformed, you got to think different. Amen. And so people, you know, they just go, Pastor, can't you just pray for me and this thing be transformed in my life? Well, God does stuff like that. He does miracles and all. But really, the only way it's going to stay transformed is if you get your mind renewed. <clears throat> I remember, you know, see, the world, <laughs> this isn't really pleasant to say, but it's, it's the truth, and I think we need to know it. The world's not getting any better. Jesus told us that as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Jesus said that. How I many know you can't faith that away? You can't pray that away? You can only prepare. Amen. Now that doesn't mean there's not going to be a lot of people born again. But the world system is falling apart. And it's getting more vile. It's getting more uh, demonic. And it's getting more sick. <laughs> Just to put it bluntly. Christians shouldn't be a part of that. We, we should never accept anything God doesn't accept. You know, I've, people try to call you bigots. I never take the label because you know what? I know me. I'm not a bigot. And I've learned this. I learned this. People say, are you telling me that you believe? I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what I believe. All that matters is what God said. Amen. So if you have a problem, don't you don't have it with me. You got to have you got a problem with my father because he's the one that wrote the book. Amen. So my point is, listen, see, the world thinks crooked about a lot of things. The world thinks crooked about morality. The world thinks crooked about finances. The world can't think, it thinks crooked about all kinds of things. Health care thinks crooked about all that. But God's word thinks right. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, so so we have to be sure that we're not we're not allowing our minds to be transform or conform to the world, but they're being transformed. Look at Numbers chapter uh, 21. I want to show you this. This is really cool. Numbers 21. Old Testament, Numbers 21. Numbers 21. Amen. You know, you get called a lot of names when you stand for God's Word, but, you know, hey, just be tough and take it and realize, you know, it's not you they're mad at. It's the Word of God. Amen. I never take the responsibility for it anyway. I'm not the one that wrote the book. Amen. So, you know, take it up with God. I'm for everything He's for. 
Amen. I'm against everything he's against. Amen. And I just try not to have something in my life he's against. I want him to be for me. Amen. Remember what Jesus said? He said, the, 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 the prince of this world come and talk about the devil, and he hath nothing in me. There's no harvest here for him. I don't have anything that belongs to the devil living in me. Amen. Now let's look here in Numbers, Numbers chapter 21. The Israelites are in trouble again. And verse, <clears throat> verse 7, it says, Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. <laughs> What's new about that? They were doing that a lot. We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray unto the Lord that he'll take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. I don't know how fast you want serpents away from you, but I want them away fast. I always marvel at that scripture in Exodus where, you know, Egypt had the plague of frogs. I remember that. They had frogs everywhere. And Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, uh, you know, when do you want me to pray? Because, you know, Pharaoh had asked for Moses to come, and he repented temporarily. And he said, entreat the Lord that he get rid of the frogs for me. <clears throat> and Moses says, when do, you want me to get rid of the, when, do you, when do you want me to entreat the Lord to get rid of the frogs for you? And he said, tomorrow. <laughs> and he, Thank God this guy is not my leader tomorrow I would have been like right now not tomorrow right now and I think there was a well I think there might have been a little bit of reason behind that that he was trying to see if his magicians could maybe get rid of him first but they couldn't only Moses God's power could but I don't know about you I don't want another night with the frogs so Israel has these snakes all around them everybody say all around them and verse 8, and the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent. That's just what you need. we got snakes. Make another one. Set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looks upon it, shall live. Now, let me know, this was a type of Jesus bearing the curse for us. Right? See, that's what he said. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Galatians says that Christ became a curse for us. <coughs> for cursed is everyone hangs on a tree. So this is a type of Jesus. And Moses made a serpent of brass. He put it upon a pole. It came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Now what I wanted to say is this. Where you see the words <coughs> in the King James, it, talks, it uses the word looks, <coughs> and then it uses the word beheld that they beheld the serpent of brass. They looked at that serpent of brass that Moses put up. When you look at that in the actual Hebrew, it's interesting because it doesn't just mean a casual glance. It doesn't mean just look and then look back. It means to gaze at, to stare at. Amen. To fix your eyes on. Now, I mean, it'd be really hard to fix your eyes on that serpent with serpents around your feet. But that's what it requires. See, we live in a cursed world where there's all kinds of curses all out throughout the earth. All kinds of bad things. But it requires us to fix our eyes on Jesus. Hallelujah. Look to what He has done. Amen. 
Look to Calvary. Look to the cross. And look at that finished work. And keep our eyes gazed, fixed on that. And not be fixed on the things that are going on around us. That's why God's sad. I mean, that's faith. Remember what Paul said? He said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Listen, I, need, I, I want to share this with you. The word looking unto Jesus, where it talks about that, it means give, it, give your undivided, undivided attention to Jesus. It means looking away from all distractions and everything else in order to fix your gaze intently on one object. In other words, you have to look to Jesus and don't look to the circumstances and keep your gaze fixed there because that's where your deliverance is coming from. Remember Peter walking on the water? I love that story. You know why? Listen, we all, we all talk about how Peter sunk, but he got out of the boat. And I don't know, you know, listen, I don't know what you ever thought about this, but to me, to get out of the boat, it took some faith. Nobody else got out, did they? There were 11 other candidates in that boat, and they didn't get out. But Peter, you know, they're out there on the water, and the storm, the storm comes up, and Jesus comes walking to them on top of their problem. They're all afraid. They're all think they're drowning. And Jesus says, boys, this isn't a big deal. Look at this. I'm walking on top of it. Hallelujah. See, what we magnify, God minifies. That's not a word. I made it up. But did you get what I meant? What we magnify, God laughs at. Amen. We magnify certain things, you know, certain things. And to us, they're a big deal, but they're not to God. To God, they're nothing. Jesus showed them. Why do you think he walked to them on the water? He could have come a lot of different ways, but he walked on top of the water. What was he showing them? He showed them, boys, man, I can walk on top of your problems. It's not a big deal. And, they, and Peter, Peter, thank God for Peter. Everybody say, thank God for Peter. Peter said, Lord, if that's you... I don't think he was sure, Pastor Jerry. They thought it was a ghost to start with. Peter said, if that's you, bid me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. Peter got out of the boat to walk on the water. And he was walking to Jesus. Jesus, how many know he had his eyes fixed on Jesus, didn't he? But there was a problem. The Bible said when he saw the wind boisterous, he became afraid. What happened? He took his eyes off of Jesus. He got his eyes on the waves. Let me know, listen. You can't walk on the water when it's calm out. That, when you think about it. Now, thank God Peter got out. But, you know, now that we saw him sink, we can all analyze what he did wrong. Isn't that right? It's like a friend of mine used to say, I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat sitter. Well, what did Peter do wrong? Well, here's what he did wrong. Peter, here's what you did wrong. Of course, none of us got out, but here's what you did wrong. You got your eyes off Jesus. You began to think circumstances had something to do with you walking on the water. You can't walk on the water when it's calm out. Go home and practice. Fill your bathtub. Turn a fan on it, and then turn the fan off. See if it makes any difference. It's not a matter. 
You still need the power of God. See, that's the way God sees all these things, these natural things that go wrong in our lives. He sees them. They don't matter to the power of God. doesn't matter whether it's a cold. Listen now. It doesn't matter whether it's a cold or it doesn't matter whether it's cancer. God's power can still heal it. Amen. Now, you know, a great pioneer of faith, Smith Wigglesworth, he said this. This was so good. You know, he went home to be with the Lord in the 1940s, but he was a great Pentecostal pioneer of faith. Man, you heard of Wigglesworth. He was a great man of God. And he saw a lot of, a lot of, a lot of miracles and things in his ministry. He said this. This was so good. He said, you can never pray the prayer of faith if you look at the person who's needing it. He said, there's only one place to look. That's to Jesus. Now, whenever I read that, and I've told you this story before, but, you know, I don't want to make up new stories. Maybe God will give me some new ones. I'll remember some. But I, I just remember, I cannot forget the very first time way back years ago when I saw the first person that had had, had open heart surgery. This was in the days before, you know, today people have open heart surgery. The next day they're out of bed. They're walking around. This was in the days that wasn't so. They didn't know if you were going to make it or if you weren't going to make it. It was, uh, it was still in the beginning stages, so to speak. A lot of people didn't live. And I remember the first person I went to pray for, they just came out of surgery. And they had put him back in their room. And I walked in there, and I'm going in there, you know, the man of faith and power for the hour. And when I walked in there, the man of faith and power turned into paste and flour. <laughs> it was like all the faith just tried to drain out of me. Because I looked at this person, I looked at all these tubes coming in. There were all kinds of tubes. They were swollen probably three times maybe more of their normal size, they didn't look like they were going to live another 15 minutes. And I could just feel all the faith in me begin to try to drain out. And I remember that. And I remember that when I heard Wigglesworth said, you cannot look at the person who is needing the prayer of faith. <clears throat> There's only one place to look, that's to Jesus. When I heard that, I thought about that inside. I thought, whoo, that is correct. Because I was looking at that person and all my, I was like, the prayer of faith, what do you, I'm, I'm out of here. And I, I did pray, but, <coughs> and they did live. Thank God. I don't know how much I had to do with it. But anyway, they did live. But I understood what Wigglesworth <laughs> was talking about. Amen. Come on, <laughs> you get anything today. Let's go to one last scripture. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. <clears throat> What you have to look to Jesus. Well, he's the answer. We used to sing a song years ago. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Well, he is the answer. He is the answer. And if and I mean there's nothing too difficult for him. But we have to fix our gaze on him. And one of the ways we do that, one of the ways is by looking into this new covenant. He is the word. And when we fix our gaze on the scriptures, they put faith on us. When we fix our gaze on the problem, it puts doubt in us. So we have to look at the right place. 
I've seen people before, and I know people think well, they're a little nutty. Well, we got to watch it before you, you make that judgment. But I've seen people before, they paste scriptures all over the place in their house. What are they trying to do? They're trying to behold the glory, see? Amen. Instead of, you know what I'm talking about. We, you, you, can, you can magnify the problem or you can magnify the Lord. Now, God is bigger than the problem, but you can make the problem bigger in your life than you allow God to be. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Look at this. Uh, he says, For which cause we faint not, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Though the outward man, he's perishing, he's getting older. That's not, that's not a, an unbelief thing. He, he, you're, you're just getting older. Amen. I mean, I can show you pictures of some of you from years ago. And something happened. <laughs> Amen. And so, you know, it's like a lady showed me some pictures from, I think they were in the 1980s maybe, when we did a wedding for this couple. Uh, and they, they found the old picture. Phyllis and I are there, you know. And Phyllis and I, we look, a, you know, we look young too, but they looked really young, you know. And she's showing me these pictures. Look at this, Pastor. Look at this. Is, this is when you did our wedding way back in the 80s, you know. I had hair, and, uh, and, 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 and I was slim, and uh, I looked at those pictures, and then I looked at her, and I said, wow, you guys have aged. <laughs> but the truth is, how I many know we're all, see, that's morbid, Pastor. No, you did, no, listen to me, listen to me. Not when you understand the truth. I'm just a day closer to heaven. Glory to God. One preacher said this. I'll never forget this. I think he's right. He said, you know, he said, when you die, you're going to leave, your spirit's going to leave your body. You're going to look down on your body and see it there on the table or wherever it's at, the bed or wherever. And he said, here's what you're going to think. Thank God that's over with. Come on. Because I'm going to tell you, if, you're, if you are a believer... The worst hell you're ever going to have, you're having it right now. And I don't know about you, but I'm living pretty good. But this, this, is, this is hell compared to where I'm going. Hallelujah. This is hell compared to what's ahead for me. Paul said, I reckon that the sufferings of this present world are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. Amen. We forget about that. But yet, if you don't know Jesus, the most heaven you're ever going to have, you're having it right now. It just gets worse. So even though our outward man is perishing, it's not a big deal. We're just getting closer to heaven. You know, when you're young, like one pastor, one minister said, he said, my daughter told me, she said, because he, he would preach on the coming of the Lord. Oh, dad, please don't let Jesus come until I get married. <laughs> he said, well, she's married now. The Lord can come. Amen. <laughs> but have you know, listen, marriage is great, right? He said, marriage is great, right? <laughs> married people, man, come on. But heaven's much, much better. Amen. Amen to that. 
So, uh, but our inward man, see our inner man, our inner man's being renewed day by day. How's that? Well, the Bible tells us in Colossians chapter 3, verse 10, that the inner man is renewed by knowledge. So as we look into the covenant, he's just getting stronger and stronger and stronger as we feed on the new covenant. But notice verse 17, he said, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Now, the a message Bible says these small potatoes. Not very accurate, but pretty funny. It calls our light affliction small potatoes. Pastor, I'm really going through some small potatoes right now. Some of them look like they're turning into spuds. <laughs> but listen, he's saying compared to compared now, listen, listen. He said they turn into a, an exceeding, the, the things we're going through, they turn into exceeding weight of glory. Notice this now, how does it happen? How does it happen? Is it just, well, because God just decides to do it. God just, you know, our small potatoes turns, in, turns into something good just because. No, see, these afflictions, they turn into something good just because, you know, God works all things out for His good. Now, that's not what He said. He said, wow. Everybody say, wow. This is when they're changed. I said, this is when they're changed. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, how do you see things that are not seen? Faith is the, the, the evidence of things not seen. For the things which are not seen are temporary, but the things which are seen are eternal. What is he saying? We're to gaze at eternal things and not temporary things. It, it, we're to gaze at eternal things. What am I doing? I read the scripture backwards. Verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen... But the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So what is he saying? What did we just read? We just read Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. We're changed while we behold the glory. He said, these light afflictions, these afflictions that we've, he said, they're changed while we don't look at those things that we see but we look at the things we don't see. What does that mean? That means we look into God's covenant. Amen. The eternal changes the temporary. Amen. Amen. God, close your Bibles. God told a man by the name of Abraham, he said, you're going to have a son. Remember that? Amen. Well, Abraham, he became an old man before this happened. He was 100 years old. 100 years old. Who wants kids at 100 years old? Think about it. I mean, if you're in your 40s or 50s and they talk about having kids, you know, no way. Thank God. Thank God. God, see, most of you are thankful that your plumbing breaks down by that time. My Lord, thank you, Jesus. You, you used wisdom in that. I remember. Now, fellas, I'm going to tell on you, but, I, but it's just the truth. I remember when all... <laughs> <laughs> I remember when all six of our grandkids would come over at one time. You know, Phyllis would like, you know, you love them, man. They'd have fun and all that. But I always say when they left, it was like Jesus. We sent the multitudes away. But Phyllis would like, man, I'm just not as young as I used to be. This, you know, so finally she made a hard, iron, fast law. We only take two at a time. <laughs> now, why is that? 
Well, because as you get older, you don't have all the energy you had when you were younger because it's like Paul said, your outward man perishes. He's still, he's still keeping health, but he's, he doesn't, you know, he's not like he used to be. Amen. You can't run as fast as you used to could. You can't run as long as you used to could. You can't, you're not as strong as you used to be. You can still be healthy. But you know what I'm saying? When you're 24, it's like you got the world by the tail. Amen. When you're 64, it's like, I ain't hanging on no tail. <laughs> Let her go, buddy. Amen. And it's not because you're sick. It's just because you're getting older. Your body doesn't, you know, it doesn't uh, do like it used to do. Now, you can still keep it strong. I've seen some people like in their 80s, and I'm thinking one gentleman right now, I mean, he's, he's in his 80s, man. He still bumps around, bounces around like he's young. That's because he's believed God. But if you'd ask him, he can tell you, I'm not as strong as I was when I was 40. I can't run as fast as I can when I was 40. I can't do what I did when I was 40, but I can still do. It's like Brother Osteen used to say when he got old, you know, he had white hair. He said, just because there's snow on the roof don't mean there's not a fire in the hearth. <laughs> what happens here? Well, listen, Abraham was promised a child, but you know what? He had all kinds of obstacles. When you're 100 years old, your wife's in her 90s, and you're believing for a child, you have obstacles, major obstacles. Right? If somebody comes up today, 90 years old, 100 years old, say, Pastor, pray for us. We're believing to start a family. <laughs> I already got my plan. My I'm going to Pastor Chuck, come up here and pray for this couple. Because <laughs> my faith ain't there. Hallelujah. But how many know they had obstacles? But, but listen to what the Bible says. Abraham considered not his body nor Sarah's body. What he did consider was what was promised. What happened? He focused on, we can say it this way, Jesus and not on his problem. And God was able to do it. Amen. God's able to do it if we just focus on Jesus. It's not a matter of can God. It's a matter of can we focus long enough on the cross to see God do his marvelous work in our life. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.